biggest games. The biggest events. Wow, the crowd is on their feet. The biggest stories. This is what you signed up for, Seth. I thought it was just in the game. Welcome to the ESPN Esports Podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the ESPN Esports Podcast. I'm Rachel Gu, and I'm joined by Jacob Wolf on the desk today. Hello. How are you doing, Jacob? Doing okay. I just got back from a basketball game last night, so I'm uh, kind of enjoying myself getting back into the esports flow and getting ready for some projects this year. So Nice. Fun, fun, fun. Uh, we have Tyler Erzberger, Mr. Fion on fire with us on the phone. How are you doing, Tyler? I'm sick again. <laughs> and he's currently the most infamous man on our League of Legends right now. So Why is he the what, most infamous man? What did I do? Because Fion wanted to set things on fire according to the our League of Legends thoughts on the ESPN power rankings. Wait. So. <laughs> well, our, our league of legends he, can, can think what they want. He for for once and for once in our careers, Tyler is getting the flame and not me. So you know what, yeah. uh, Tyler, yeah. enjoy it for a day. <laughs> Tyler is like <laughs> plotting his next time. He's like, how how much can I piss off these people on Reddit? <laughs> um, all right, but let's dive right in because the North American League Championship Series is starting up soon and. We've got a lot to cover. We've got new teams. We've got old teams dressed as new teams. We've got teams with bad names. We've got teams with good names. We've got... Teams with wings and not Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, but let's dive into the format of the league, what it looks like this year compared to last year. I, I was reading Reddit. Sorry. Apologies. <laughs> oh, okay, my gosh. Okay, uh, North, Amer- North American LCS, the, the the top league of all League of Legends. <laughs> What do we need to know, Tyler? Give us the rundown. Uh, a lot of Koreans, a lot of Korean top laners. Uh, Envy got Lyra out of nowhere. Uh, FlyQuest is pretty much Cloud9 2.0 with a worse logo. Uh, Wait, let's talk about that for a second. Like, when you think FlyQuest, you think of those those really crappy little magazines inside the airplanes you sit on that just sell the weirdest yeah, I mean those. Uh, like, yes. I when I when I heard the name FlyQuest, I literally asked my source. I was like, "Is this correct? Like, are you positive this is correct?" And he was like, "I swear, man. Like, I swear that's what it is." And I went and asked more people, and it turned out true. This is like ob- obviously like the weirdest name and branding I've ever seen. And the fact that it came from like people who have uh, the fact that it came from people who have some kind of stake in in the Milwaukee Bucks scares me. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking, like, this is probably going to go into the pantheon of bad team names, but you know how there are certain team names that seem bad but are secretly awesome, like the University of Hawaii Rainbow Warriors, which is one of my favorite team names? Yeah, I mean, it's not only just a bad team name, it's a bad team investment, too, so it's like... Yeah, let's mm. talk about that. Let's talk about the lineup. So we have Balls, Moon, High, Alltech, and Lemonation. Uh, Tyler, what do you make of this lineup, and how weird is it that it's basically Cloud9 2.0? So, essentially, we will learn how... We will see if high shot calling is a meme or if it's truly legit, because over the years, high shot calling has become kind of a staple of the NALCS. Multiple finals, deep runs at Worlds, just through his pure shot calling, his general leadership. And now he's on a team where 
he does not have the talent around him where where he can rely on you know individual skill for FlyQuest to succeed. High will need to be a large, large, large chunk of this team's motivation and shot calling. He, he he's going to do a lot of work. A lot of work will be needed to be done. Jacob, what do you think? I mean, I think that the the whole jungle situation coming into this team as they look to finalize their roster last week, is is the epitome of bad management. And I, I really hope to be wrong, but uh, I don't think I will be. The fact that they had a they had a player set up and, like, ready to sign, and then they found out that he didn't have a visa uh, <laughs> after, like, already being, like, pretty much settled that it was going to be Torong as their jungler, and then they had to go get Moon within, like, a 12-hour to 16-hour, like, time frame. Just pretty ridiculous. Like, I think this team... I don't think they'll be the worst in the LCS, but I do think this is a terrible investment uh, forward-facing. And I, I, un- my understanding is literally everyone who has talked to Wes Eddins and his group of people who are going to run this uh, told him told him so and told him that he should probably look at something else. So the fact that, that he pulled the trigger on this so late and, and then got a really bad roster makes me really scared. Wait, one thing I am curious about, since they basically have the old iteration of Cloud9, High owns a huge stake in Cloud9, correct? Uh, I I believe that he used to own a majority share, or not majority share, a minority share. Uh, I do not believe that's the case anymore. Oh, okay, interesting. Because I was thinking if you're moving to this new team, you still have a safety net you're, and, if you're a part of an old team. And apparently it will be FLY as their acronym, F-L-Y. So FLY that's ball. a good acronym, though. That's a good... That's a good <laughs> yeah. I feel like... FLY balls. If we're going to run down every team, I feel like each of us should give a one-word description of how we feel about the team in the NALCS. I can kick this off for FlyQuest, which is ambivalent. Um, Jacob? Hmm. Mm, I, have, I have a word on my tip of the tongue, but I think it's a little too harsh. Um, expletive. Un- no, not an expletive. It's uh, it's just, just a mean word. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with uninformed. What about you, Tyler? I'm going to go with eyeball. Is that because of the logo? Yeah. It took me a second to get that. You know what this logo is, though? Let's like I don't want to harp too much, but this logo is basically the American Airlines logo mixed with the unknown from Pokemon. Like that is like <laughs> that is what this logo is in a nutshell. Like it, it yeah, it's it's really really bad. <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump into the next team. Um, a, another familiar team, but with a really strange addition. Let's talk about TSM and the return of Turtle. I think that this addition is and so. And and this is what I wrote in the soon to be released offseason grades is that um, I think this is a, this addition is one of the best that they can get considering the time frame and the fact that Double F might actually come back in the summer and they don't want to like they don't want to get a star Korean import and then basically have to dump him because Double F wants to come back and like his contract is still valid. Um, so I think that Turtle like if it truly is a short stint for Spring Split, I think it's a good addition, but I think it. Definitely makes TSM a worse team, like a worser team than they were last split. So, mm, Tyler, what do you think? I don't like a lot of people are looking at Wild Turtle and saying it's his fault that TSM's a worse team. And you and I would agree that you know, uh, on a base level, Doublelift is a better player currently than Wild Turtle. But I still think Wild Turtle, you can be a top four, top three to carry in the NLCS. The biggest issue here is that TSM has no shot caller. We, we saw how Bjergsen, as the sole shot caller, sole carry, 
doing everything, how his back just gave out on the old TSM, Doublelift joining the team gave him relief. Doublelift did a lot of the shot calling and a lot of, you know, the tactical work on the team, and that's understated. And people are looking at TSM and saying, I mean, the lineup looks good on paper, but they need a proven shot caller or at least a, a cohesive unit. And we haven't seen that with Wild Turtle and, and Bjergsen in a while. Well, I don't think we necessarily so I, need a proven shot caller. I mean, I think Vincent can p- pick up a lot of the slack. He's super talented. He's really young. He's really easy to mold as long as he has a good coaching staff. I think that this is a split of kind of experimentation. And if it works out for TSM, then they might have a shot caller for the summer if and when double if returns and takes over turtle spot again yeah i again like i think it's very dependent like how double if feels uh and i think that the streaming life has been very i think it, it very much speaks for itself so we'll see if he actually comes back but I, I don't expect tsm to be the force that they were last summer without double lift do we have any last words we want to describe them with i kind of like this idea mm. one word Mm. Stopgap. What? What was that? Stopgap. It's a stopgap season. It's it's a season where it's just a stopgap. It's we'll see how they do, and then I think summer is where TSM will 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 make its you know sprint to the finish line. Oh, okay. I that's two words, but it's okay. No, what? It's actually are, are you sure? Word. I'm pretty sure it's one word. Is it really? Uh, yeah, it's but, two words. But my my one word for TSM would be acceptable. And the acceptable? Fact, okay. Yeah, and the fact that it's it's able like it's acceptable they got turtle, but it's not the best edition of like not the best edition, but it it's okay if Double Lift comes back. Also, I did look it up and I'm sorry, Tyler, you're right. It's, it is one word. Um yeah. all right. So <laughs> my Ooh. word would be Team Writer. Turtle. And I think that depending on how he looks and how he does, that's going to dictate a lot of what TSM is going to look like in the spring split. Um, you know what? I Just another meaning of turtle uh, in, in the sense of what we always talk about when you're losing a game in league. Like, you just turtle. You just wait it out. Like, you wait it out and hope yeah. for the best. So turtle turtle yeah. a turtle. But symbolically, the yeah. turtle always beats the hair. So anyway, moving along. <laughs> uh, let's talk Echo Fox. Because their roster is... Jacob just gave me the saddest look in the world. Um, Their roster is super interesting. They have Looper on the team. What do we make of that? Looper is great, but don't pair... Yeah, like, Looper is great, but don't pair him without a uh, South Korean support or another another teammate to guide him because he is not great at macro play, but a pretty good top laner. I like everyone on Echo Fox individually. I like everyone there. I think they all have talent. I just think it's a weird mishmash of players that don't have real chemistry. The, the, the imports is a, you have a European and a Korean, a Korean that doesn't speak English, a, a Korean who's coming over for his first season. It's just a very awkward fix, a very awkward, awkward situation. Yeah, I think that we saw what Echo Fox looked like at their peak last summer, and it's really hard to see if they can actually – improved because we have a mid laner who's sort of passive and he doesn't look like peak 2012 Froggen anymore, you know? Um, and then Looper, which I assume is going to carry the bulk of the team. It's really hard to integrate 
a non-English speaking player into the team, especially now that League of Legends depends more on teamwork than ever. So I do not expect much from them, although who, I can pray. Who is going to carry on this team? I think that's like the the easy easy part of it, right? Like if, and I think that's a discussion that's a, a longer discussion based off the current ADC status and, and meta and, and kind of all the problems going into the season. Like the the thing is, is Keith is not a carry. Froggen's not a carry. Looper could be, but not really. Like Acadian's a, a, a aggressive jungler, but nothing like star studded like an Anori. And then like Gate is just Gate. Like he's good and manageable, but he's not anything exceptional. So it's like, yeah, I I don't know. Like this is this team is, in my opinion, set for last. But I I think that maybe they're on the right path. Like, maybe. And and the fact that I think, like, Acadian could actually be okay. So Yeah, perhaps. I wonder if Rick Fox's team expertise can actually make a change this season or if it's just going to be another season of disappointment. Well, they have to be able to scrim people to get to that point. So we'll uh, we'll see how that pans out. (laughs) Right. All right, let's jump into our next team, which is Team Liquid. We have Rainover on that fatty contract. Can he carry this limp corpse of a team? How many? Wait, wait, wait. How many zeros? Yeah, full hand of zeros. Uh, Let's go rain over. That's yeah. ooh, that big money, big money, big money, big money. Let's talk about the synergy on this team. Like, can rain over control Piglet? Can Piglet even be controlled? Tyler, think, what do you think? Yes. <laughs> yes. I I have a different opinion than most people on the ESPN panel. I actually think Team Liquid can win the season. I think that they're actually a pretty darn good team as they are, and I think by the end of the season, they'll be a top three team. Wait, why do you say two. so? A, Rainover is a proven leader. He's bilingual. He can talk to Piglet. He can... Piglet, I believe Piglet will respect Rainover, which is huge. Uh, Piglet, on his own, is a great player. Piglet and Matt last spring, when they were playing, and we all, you know, all, you know, go into the whole AD carry discussion and how useless it is currently, but Matt and Piglet are a great duo. Rainover is the best jungler in the league. Lurlo is extremely underrated. He was great at IEM South Korea. He was the best player for Team Liquid at that tournament. And then you have the mid lane, which is going to be the make or break position for Team Liquid. But Golden Blue and Link, out of those two players, I believe by the end of the season, one of them will be good enough to at least, you know, be a utility for the rest of the team to go to the finals. Jacob, what do you That's think? That's my prediction. <laughs> Jacob I, has, like, this smirk on his face. I fir- I firmly disagree uh, with... with. So I, I do I do think your Lorlo point is very, very uh, well-warranted, and I think it's, it's correct. Like, I do think he's underrated, and I think he's a, a pretty solid top liner when it comes to mm. being one of the only domestic top liners in the league. Um, I think that... Uh, I think that Piglet and Matt will be okay, but where where I struggle is just saying like where I struggle is just saying team cohesion, and I think that this team overall leaves a lot to be desired. When you look at the other teams who have really put together some star-studded lineups with people with massive capability, and and overall, I just think that I think that Liquid can compete, but I don't think Liquid is going to be. I think they can be a playoff team. I'll put it that way. I think they can be a playoff team. I don't think that they can be a contender for the title because there are so many other teams that did a better job in the offseason. Well, let's talk more Top about four. let's talk about Link and his return. 
to the League of Legends scene? Because I do think that Link is a player with a lot of potential. God, I hate that word so much because it's so overused. But honestly, it's I really... perfectly based off uh, his previous time with CLG, but yeah. I No, continue. but I, I honestly think this kid is really talented. It's just, like, even Monty tweeted, he has motivation issues, which can really affect you as a player. And especially since CLG in the, at that time was in scrambles. But... I think his return will bring a very interesting shakeup to the lineup, and I actually really look forward to seeing how he performs. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, like as much as I like Golden Glue as a person and he's a good kid, I I do think that Link will probably get a majority of the playing time after they they kind of see everything. I do think that Link can be okay, but I, I just don't see, I don't see Team Liquid being a place where he can really uh, thrive at the moment. Like I think that. I think that with his, all the money that they made off investment last year, I think that, that this is a poor off-season put together. So We can wait with bated breath for his next manifesto. Yeah, well, there, you know what? He'll probably have a guest script right here on Breaking Point or, or whatever <laughs> film uh, Damien and, and the crew over at, uh, at TL do. So. <laughs> all right, well, if you want to find out more about the schedule for the North American LCS this week, we have our calendar at ESPN.com slash esports. Everyone, we're going to take a short break right now, but when we come back, more coverage of the North American LCS coming your way. What's up, everyone? We're back with the ESPN Esports Podcast. Now, guys, let's talk about a team that's kind of gone under the radar so far with all the recent roster shuffles, which is Team Dignitas. We have Someday, Chaser, Keen, Laud, and X-Special. Where to begin? Maybe someday we can see how this pans out. Um, Tyler, what do you what do you think about someday and Chaser coming to NA? We actually haven't had a lot of time to talk about this off podcast, so. And is there synergy uh, just unfair? Like, really? Uh, we we I mean, I'm very hesitant to be like, oh, two Koreans, they're gonna crush everyone. But this is a team that is that was well thought out. You can't say Dignitas did not do their homework. Uh. They got two really good coaches. Uh, they got the Samsung coach, which is as vital and as important as Someday and uh, Chaser. As we saw last split with uh, NRG with, you know, GBM and OQ, when you don't have the right coaching staff and you don't have the right players around the two stars, you can see a lot of uh, – you can see the, the Koreans just, you know, just – Wilter and not perform where you expect them to. I think that Dana Toss uh, will be a top four team in the regular season. I think they have enough talent and a good enough coaching staff that they will hopefully not combust because I think Sunday has a lot of proof. I think that Sunday is going to come to NA looking kind like he he's going to be motivated to to show these players that he should not have been you know, discarded from KT Rolster for SMEB. Because that's what happened. The KT Rolster wanted SMEB. Someday, who was their, pretty much their crown jewel, you know, from a rookie to ace player, kind of got thrown to the wayside, and now he's in an A. He's angry. And I think he he's our best chance to see someone, you know, uh, take Bjergsen's spot as the number one player in an A. Um, and do you think that the bulk of all the resources are going to go on Someday's shoulders? I don't. I don't think I would, so. I, I, I do. Uh, I, I think it'll be mostly top and jungle centric. I think it'll be mostly you know someday and chaser doing most of the work. Yeah, I mean, I think that Wad will 
I think this is a team that Lod can succeed, and I think that coaching environment's a lot about that. Um, from covering Team Dignitas several years ago and, and how dim and gloomy it was when I spoke to a lot of those people, uh, did, talking to a, a lot of them now, that environment is very lively. I've gotten to talk to every single player on this team uh, in the past couple of weeks, and they and they all seem very, very motivated and very ready to, to do something special. So I think that... Uh, Laud is a very underrated addition because I think with Apollo, this team would be a very different squad, and the fact that they were able to facilitate that trade with MBS is great. Um, but I, I do think that, like, I do think this is, like, the time for Team Dignitas and its new resources and a really good coaching staff to really show that it's it's capable of being a championship contender. Right. Well, apart from all the teams who have had these crazy roster shuffles, we have CLG, which hasn't really made any changes at all. They kept the same roster, and it's sort of the team that's known for being powered on friendship. And I think that speaks to a lot of how they are able to perform since, from what we've seen at MSI, they're a really strong team. And I wonder, coming into the spring split, are they going to be the best team in NA? CLG? Uh, no. They've I had think, the most time to grow together. I think that that title comes uh, with C9, more uh, frankly. But I I think CLG will be a good team. I think that they're a playoff team pretty much guaranteed. Um, and I think, you know, I was talking to a lot of them early this week, and, and things seem to be going well um, as they kind of mesh back in after vacations and stuff. But I, I really think that... Um, I think that they'll be a good team, but I, I, I'm still hesitant because I, I think that they, I think that CLG is the one team that basically like falls out in the stretch, right? Like I think that they, they have some good moments throughout the season and then they just wear off. And I think that Cloud9 and CLG will probably be the strongest coming out the gate. And, but I think that Cloud9 can make it through the stretch and CLG can't. So Tyler, what do you think? I think CLG is another team like Dignitas that is going to benefit from having a very good coach. Because we, we, we haven't discussed the elephant in the room, which is the 10-ban system that will be coming into effect. And when you have a guy like Tony, who's one of the smartest coaches in the league, you have Aframu, and you have a team that trusts each other, picking champions, and they trust each other's champion pools, I think CLG will have an advantage going into this, you know, this never be seen, never you know this new territory of ten bands per you know game. Well, yeah. Speaking of ten bands, what other teams are benefiting from this? Mm, that, that's a good question. I I would also say Cloud Nine. I think that because they're majorly cohesive, aside from contracts, who honestly is a, a plug and play upgrade in my opinion. Besides being a rookie, like I think he is in a better spot right now in his career than Medios was. Um, and I'm sure I'll get hate for that, whatever. Uh, it, but frankly, like I think that um, I think that Cloud Nine benefits from that a lot. And um, mm, I'm like I'm trying to think if there's any I, other. I think TSM I don't think... TSM would benefit from it too. Parth is a really smart coach. Yeah, I, I mean I think Liquid could, but I, I still think that there's some championship or uh, like issues there that could could be affected by this. But like. I, I don't know. Like Parth is a good coach, and uh, they're bringing in more coaching staff soon. So I, I overall, I think that TSM could benefit, but it's also just the fact that like, what if you ban five eighty carries? Or like, rather than <laughs> um, rather than teams benefiting, which players do you think benefit from the ten ban rule? Ooh, that's a better question. I think that that 
Bjergsen obviously is the easy one. I think that he's the most diverse in championship uh, in his champ pool and, and able to kind of play anything. I think he's a superstar. Um, Tyler, what do you think? Who do you, who do you think kind of like benefits uh, from this? Bjergsen, someday, someday we'll have fun. I, um, yeah, I think it'll be, you know, the top players, honestly, Bjergsen, someday, rain over. I think, you know, the, Players that have flexible champion pools will always, you know, be better. But I think the 10 bit system is much more on the team. Because if you have a one, you can't be a one trick pony in this meta, like in this new world of, you know, because teams can ban out your strategy so easily now. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Immortal from last year with Hooney playing, you know, not playing any tanks and then playing the same style over and over and getting by with raw talent, they would not have survived. 2017 with their same configuration. Actually, that they did a, not, you know. I actually think that's a really good transition, like into. Let's talk about immortals for yeah, a second, like because it, thank you, Tower. That's sort of the topic I wanted to get to last, just because it's so so much to talk about on that team. We have Dardock, we have Flame, we have their performance at IEM Gyeonggi, and we have Pobelter and Cody Sun and Ale, which is. I mean, this team looks scary on paper, and from what we've seen, they have a lot of potential to improve. But how will how will it pan out with the language barrier? So I think that Robert Yip is a uh, and like we've talked about coaches on this podcast, but I think that Robert Yip uh, and whatever his title is over at Immortals nowadays, uh, I think that he is a key to the puzzle here. Uh, I think that this team, the the, the common trait throughout this team, uh, except for Bo Belter, who's very shy and reserved, uh, the common trait in this team is yes, sometimes I do get a little angry, but. Uh, that can be controlled if I am in the right environment. And I think that environment is key to Immortals right here. I think that every single one of those players can – they have uh, tempers, but I think that I think that as long as you put them in the right environment and allow them to succeed and, and be with the right people, it's fine. And, Tyler, you got to work with Immortals very closely. Um, what do you make of their new team? Uh because I was with Immortals coaching staff with Robert, who is now the head coach. Hermes is the strategic coach who will be on stage with the team. Uh, I really like the new coaching staff for Immortals. I think Immortals as a whole, it will be very interesting. I think Cody's son will be a major plot point for Immortals' success and defeats this season. He's a very talented young player, very good Ezreal player. He he did not have the best IEM tournament. He got kind of picked on, which you would expect when you know you're a rookie playing your first special games. But I I like Immortals. I think Immortals is a very very intriguing team. I would say they're on the same level as a Phoenix One. I think those two teams are very even in skill and intrigue. I think either could be top two or they could fall down outside of the playoffs. Well, I think that the bulk of what Immortals is going to lie on is that top jungle synergy between Flame and Dardock. And from from what we've seen so far, they seem to be getting along, which is really interesting because they're both kind of known as these quote-unquote hot-headed players. And it'll be interesting to see how that pans out in the spring split. The big The big meme online right now is that they will be best friends until one of them learns the other player's language. So <laughs> as long as... As long as Dardock doesn't learn Korean and Flame doesn't learn fluent English, they'll be best friends because they will not understand each other when they're mad. So keep them 
keep them friendly, keep them, you know, communicating with, you know, small English words, but don't let Flame learn English. We'll all be good. Jacob, no, no, no. I don't disagree at all. I was going to say that the big meme on the internet right now is Tyler, but that's a different. That's a different story. (laughs) Tyler's always always the big meme. Yeah, you're always the big meme on the internet. All right, it's a great way to derail and end the podcast on a light note. But wait, we forgot one. What? We forgot forgot the one. one. The Phoenix, Phoenix one. one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, we'll All right, goofed. let's talk about Phoenix one. Um, I just really want to talk about Ryu and Arrow being on the same team, to be honest. KT, KT, K- wait, this is not KT. Okay. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Tyler, you covered a lot of LCK, or back then it was known as OGN, um, when Ryu and Arrow were on KT. What can we expect from them on Phoenix one? Uh, you can expect a lot of Stoic faces from Rio. You can expect a lot of silly selfies from Arrow. You can also expect some pretty good play. They're they're both really good players. Yeah, that's that's uh, exactly Ryu, what I wanted to talk about. Rio's a rock in the mid lane. Uh, I don't. You expect you know a top three mid laner. He'll be very good, very consistent. And, and we have Arrow the bot lane with a, Arrow and Adrian. So yeah, I, uh, Arrow's improved a lot over the last year. He was a top 80 carry in Korea before he left. He's another one of those. He's just like Sunday. KT kind of kicked him out for death. So he's coming to NA kind of in a bad mood saying, hey, I'm still a really good player. Let me show you. And I think he'll be – I think he could be the best AD carry in the league. So if our one word, even though we kind of steered from this, if our one word recaps of teams – uh, I would say capitalization is is my one word for Phoenix One. I think that uh, I think that three teams through the NALCS deserve shoutouts for their and you know they deserve to be uh, noted and commended for their their talent and in, in management uh, throughout the off season. And that would be Team Dignitas Immortals and Phoenix One. And I think that Phoenix One. What I mean by uh, capitalization is that is that they capitalized on so many. Uh, they capitalized on so many opportunities that weren't in front of their face. Like they, they had re-signed everyone uh, except for, uh, and even though Fixtures was a sub, they they had re-signed everyone and, and gotten Adrian, and were pretty much set on a roster of four, which would be Pyrian, Zig, Anori, and Adrian. Um, and they were looking for an AD. They were talking to Ricara, right, who's now in Gold Coin United, um, and. Kind of out of nowhere, when Forbidden, when the Forbidden trigger was finally pulled, which was about a month in the making, when the Forbidden trigger was pulled for Ryu to be a free agent, uh, literally within the, like hours of that being privately known, uh, before we even published anything, within hours of that, Phoenix One was on the phone with him. Like that, they, Michael Moore and that team of people over there, very much capitalized on the opportunities, and I think that Ryu and Arrow are a good example and. Uh, yeah, I think have, they're definitely building for the future. Yeah, like I think that they they did a very good job in the offseason finding pieces uh, that were that took a very short amount of time to secure. So. I mean, I think one of the questions coming into it, and since we were talking about what players would benefit from the ten ban, I think that Adrian is one of those players who might not be able to deal with the stress of the ten ban system just because he does have that limited champ pool. Like he's a really talented support. He just has that limitation, and I wonder how that's going to fit in with Arrow in the bot lane. Uh, Adrian, Adrian for me 
is someone who, uh, like, Immortals didn't want to keep him, basically, and he didn't want to stay. He wanted to look for other opportunities. So I think that Adrian has a little bit to prove um, here, and but I, I think that pairing him with Arrow will be okay. Like, I think that, that he can support Arrow as uh, as needed. So I think that this this Phoenix One team has a lot of potential, and, and they saw a lot of upside from certain pieces like Anorian's Egg towards the end of last season. So I I hope that upside continues to carry over, and I hope to see this team do well. All right, well, I think that's a good way to wrap things up. Um, we're all Finally out of time. time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thank you, Tyler and Jacob, for joining me on the desk. And a big thanks to Tariko for helping us make the podcast happen. If you want more Yay. esports content, check out ESPN.com slash esports, or you can follow us on Twitter at Rachel Youngu, at Jacob Enwolf, and at Fionn on Fire. Oh, Tarika, you should add your Twitter name too. We need to get we need to get Tarika in on the you know the chats the chats here. So I am so terrible at this. I literally just bought my husband a PS4 for Christmas, and I'm already pissed at myself for doing it. It's like I don't exist anymore. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, like he's like all unchartered now. I think that unchartered. Oh my god, uncharted. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> See how terrible I am. This is why I just just do my job, right? I'm so terrible at this. No, Tarika, you're crazy. Now the esports community is going to hate me. No, they I, love you. But I am at she knows sports underscore. Cool. Thanks again, Tyler, for joining us. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the ESPN Esports Podcast.